Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Construction Approach to Animal Welfare and Training Podcast. We are your host. I am Masa. Hi, everybody, and I'm Sean. We hope that you are cuddled up with your animal companions and ready for this exciting episode. It has been over three months living with our newly rescued Chiu. So in this episode, we want to update with y'all how our life has been. But before we get to today's episode, I want to share with you. Yesterday, Sean gave a webinar to Animal Training Academy members. So, Sean, how did it go? It was awesome, and I want to go ahead and, and thank Ryan for inviting me out there and giving me the opportunity to speak to all the awesome ATA members out there. Um, I was given the opportunity to introduce the constructional approach and to talk about a modified constructional questionnaire that both of you and I use to、uh, do our animal training and our consulting out there.、Mm-hmm. And I got to share how we actually use that to help us navigate some of the challenges that we were seeing with Chu. And、um, we'll actually be bringing everybody an entire webinar series on this material here shortly. So stay tuned for our future updates. So, Sean, let's jump into today's episode. Yeah, and what you and I wanted to talk to the audience about was, you know, our life with Chu up until this point, right? And in episode seven, we talked with the audience about bringing Chu home, and you know, kind of the way we went about solving the challenges that we were faced with at that time, right? And most of them, you know, were. You know, mainly because he was, you know, a little bit hyperactive or reactive. You know, you、mm-hmm. could say,、mm-hmm. and you know, he was, you know, it was causing a problem between him and Peepers. Right, that's right. He was getting snappy on Peepers.、Mm-hmm. He was getting really close to Peepers' mouth, which is the area、right. that Peeper really doesn't like anybody to be near around. So yeah, it was really bad, and I didn't really, we didn't like to see Peepers getting a little.、Mm-hmm. To that that stage. That's you know? right. Yeah. And so you know we had applied constructional affection with Chu at that point to help just kind of bring the general level down in the house and help to reinforce behaviors like laying around and being calm and cuddling、right. and things like that. And we did get to a really great point where you know they were able to play together, and we would take them out to the tennis court. Right, they were chasing ball together. That actually, that was the first play that we、that's、saw,、right. which actually we documented it. Yeah, that we, was great. That's right. We we put it on our Facebook page. Yes, yes. You guys want to go check that out? And so it got to a really wonderful spot where you could say we were in like a, a, a relative, you know, place of harmony. Right, and then we were thinking that. That's all. Like this is the ideal puppy we could rescue from a shelter, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was like we won the lottery there, but、yeah. you know,、um, he he turned out to be a little bit of an orange tornado. You know, you could say, and、yeah. you know, in in true Halloween fashion, you know, it was kind of like a Doctor, you know, Jekyll and Mister Hyde situation, and、mm-hmm. you know, we ended up. You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people out there have experienced this too when they've rescued a dog and and brought him home from the shelter that. You know, sometimes it can take a little bit of time for you to kind of see the whole dog. Yeah. Yep. And you know, after some more time went by, we started to notice some funny behaviors creeping up in Chu. Mm-hmm. And he got very, very nippy and bitey with our hands, and, and won't let it go. Yeah, he would grab them and hold them, and and sometimes, like if you didn't like give him that hand, he would like go to 
return back to like biting at peepers and yeah. going after pee again and um you know that that was became a big problem right and then we were walking and then he was really rambunctious uh, rambunctious outside and you got scratch on your chest that's right and he would get jumpy too at us and yeah, yeah he scratched me really good on my chest it one took time. a while to heal it and but you know one day we ran into a a, a really big problem mm-hmm And you and I were coming home. I, I can't remember. It's COVID, so we don't leave home a lot anymore. It was probably to get groceries or something. Mm-hmm. And um, when we got home, our neighbor was outside, and he was kind of frustrated with us. And, and we live in an apartment, and this is our downstairs neighbor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was really upset because our dogs were really, really, really loud. Yeah. And that got you and I worried for obvious reasons. Yep. And so we went and we bought a webcam. We rarely leave them home alone, but then we had to go to run some errands together. And then we were watching how Chu was uh, while we were gone. And it was really bad. Yeah, it was really yeah. bad. And, um, you know, once again, you know, the orange tornado, you know, Hyde Chu was out on the loose and he was barking and running around the house and biting at peepers and Just it, it was it was like the everything you don't want to see your yeah. dog doing when you leave the house. Yeah, and when we got home, Peeper was panting, and we really didn't want to see Peepers getting to that point. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. And so this really made it important that we address these problems, and this even brings us back to our point for today's episode. And what I really wanted to stress was not only the way that we go about solving these problems, but A big thing that I learned here with Chu specifically was it really brought my focus back to the need for shaping mm-hmm. and to pay attention to the small steps. Right. So oftentimes it can even seem difficult to find where to begin in these processes. And, you know, what I like to say with this is that, you know, even the worst dog in the world, you know, has moments when they're behaving. Mm-hmm. And even the dog that is the mouthiest dog or the jumpiest dog in the world has a moment when their mouth is not on us or when all four paws are on the ground, even if it's just for a split second in between jumping. Right. And these little fleeting moments give us the opportunity to actually begin to shape up the kinds of behavior that we were looking for. Mm-hmm. And we have a great video that we'll make available on our Patreon of Masa and I both working with Chu. And Masa, you were working with Chu because he was mouthing you a whole lot. Right. And mm-hmm. and do you remember like even just bringing your hands close to his face would actually get him to start moving towards you to mouth you, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. But you were able to start, you know, with him being, you know, a little bit away from you and you would just move your hands towards him. And if he leaned forward, you know, what did you do? I would bring back to my hand exactly yeah. it's almost like a magnet effect yeah. is the way that you know you guys can imagine this and this gets to the heart of how we are actually using conjugate reinforcement mm-hmm. to achieve our steps right and so you can think of it like a magnet or if there was like a string you know tied between you and the dog mm-hmm. and so as they move you know forward towards you you know, you're actually going to remove your hands and they're going to retreat. Right. And then as they go back to sit down and, you know, get back into position, our hands will come back to them. Right. And so they will really learn quickly, oh, this is how I get these hands to come to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how long was it probably that it took you to work with Chu before you were able to pet him reliably without his mouth coming to your hands? I I think like five minutes. It was pretty quick. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty quick. Like he was like, oh, I got you. I know how to control 
my hand and then get what he wants. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this was the cool thing that, you know, we experienced in the animal shelter. And this is what enables us to be able to go into a shelter that has, you know, 60, 70 mm -hmm. dogs on hand and to be able to go through that whole building in, you know, an hour, an hour and a half and get every single dog in there being calm and knowing how to ask people to come over to them and pet them and then mm -hmm. further knowing how to receive it. Yeah. And so this was a big component for, you know, our overall mission with Chew. You know, we really needed Chew to learn how to accept our attention. Right. But then also we had this other further problem of when we were gone, how he was behaving in our absence. And now I want to talk about how to take a little bit of a proactive approach to separation anxiety this way we can prevent these kinds of behaviors from ever occurring in the first place. Or even if we're starting to see them a little bit, this allows us an opportunity to prevent those from getting worse. And this, what we're going to be describing, it, it also can be used to actually treat separation anxiety once when it's occurring. But I want to reserve that topic for another show in a different time. And if you're curious about it, you can feel free to check out our website and our videos that we already have up to get an idea about what I'm talking about. So in constructional approach, we don't eliminate behaviors. We focus on building behaviors that leads to the same outcome that the separation anxiety produced. So in our case with Chu, Chu was doing all sorts of destructive behaviors to possibly get us back home. So we need to teach him desirable behavior, such as hanging out with peepers nicely and calmly, looking through the window together, playing together to get us home. Yeah, and, and I guess that's kind of, you know, the underlying assumption in all separation anxiety cases. And, and that's that, you know, they're doing this because we have left the house. And so ideally what it is that they're looking for is for us to be coming back home to them. Right, right. So the next question is how can we teach desirable behavior to get us home. Right. And so, you know, the way that we that we achieve that is actually through the affection loop. And um, you and I were just talking about Chu and doing the interaction guidelines with him to teach him how to politely ask for and receive our affection. And you and I actually have a little rule on that, that what we like is when the dog can reliably approach you and sit down and receive your affection for at least 10 to 20 seconds. At that point, we say that it's safe to move on to the affection loop, which is where we start to remove our hands for longer and longer periods of time and return to them. Right. So after you establish affection loop, we want to extend that affection loop in this situation with you to establish calm behaviors. Right. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of the affection loop is that it takes that calm behavior that we've already established in one situation and allows us to extend it out to other situations that are important to us. Kind of like training a really big stay is what we would be looking at in this situation with separation anxiety, except in this situation we're not, shape, we're not only returning to them and petting them for staying in that sitting or lying down position because... When we go to the movies, I think the last thing anybody really wants out there is, you know, for their poor dog to sit in front of the door and stare at it for three hours. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, Chu can be playing with peepers. Mm -hmm. Chu can be sleeping on the couch with peepers. Yeah, he can do all sorts of calm behaviors in the house while we are not there. And, and, and as long as he's engaging in these behaviors, we always return back to him and pet him. And that's the affection loop right there. 
Right, right. And to begin with, we will start with the small, really small steps. Yeah, this is perhaps the the biggest you know tip we could give to anyone out there that is you know trying to find a way to to handle this kind of situation themselves. You know, just like when teaching a stay. You know, we wouldn't, you know, tell peepers to sit and stay and then walk away a hundred yards and expect him to complete that, especially on, you know, his first trial. Right, right. And so, what we would do with that is we would shape it from just a step away, two steps away, and we would slowly increase that duration and distance away. And you know, teaching our dogs how to behave when we leave the house should really be no different. We should really taking in, be taking into account these small steps and making sure that we're slicing it small enough for them to be able to be successful. Another important point here is that we do affection loop or our training in the natural environment. That means we will keep everything the same, just like how we leave our house. Yeah, just like how we do it, and you know, every you know normal day that we might need to be leaving, we we make sure that it is the same when we're actually doing this training. Right. And、uh, you know, for example, you know, when we leave the house, we normally you know leave Peepers and Chew out together.、Um, you know, they've got their chew toys, they've got their squeaky toys, their food and water, and and we even leave the TV on for them and. That's a really funny thing that you and I have、yeah. noticed is that you know、mm-hmm. Chu loves to watch TV. Yeah, and we love watching together with Chu. It is really funny, but um, but so we we leave the TV on and and we do everything just like we normally do when we leave, and this prevents us from actually having to do you know fading procedures and things to get us back to that normal situation. And you know another point on this is not only do we set the environment to be the same, but you and I also behave in the same manner. Right? Yeah, we don't walk slowly, or we we just walk normally, and then get the grab the key, and yeah, yeah, we go. Yeah, all of our sounds and our behaviors and our movements are the same, and you know we even use the the same cue technically before we leave. We'll pat them on the head and say, "Be good, buddy. We'll see yeah. you later." Yeah. And so, you know, we do all of these things when we're actually doing our training in these situations. And so, the big thing that I want to stress here is that, you know, even in these situations where we got a behavior that that seems like a major problem, and and you know, and it's even happening at such an intense level that you might be led to believe that there, you know, might be some kind of like faulty wiring inside of our dog. Um, that there is a way out, and and that way out is is going to be through taking a really close look at the small steps that are going to get us from where we are to where we want to go. And like we've mentioned before, you know, we really want that where we are and where we want to go to be it to be described in as clear and observable terms as we can possibly do the the fly on the wall perspective, as you know, we always like to say, and.、Um, You know, this is a, a really important point, and and it's even bringing me a little bit into my topic that I would like to share with everybody for our next episode. And you know, there is one other really big problem that we discovered with Chu、um, that we haven't mentioned yet, and it's a problem that you know is probably one of the biggest ones why I ever get contacted for help, and it, it's loose leash walking,、um, or, or not even maybe loose leash walking, but just you know. Walking nicely on a leash, <laughs> <laughs> and、um, you know what? We'll we'll,、uh, we'll share some more with this with you guys on this in our next episode. But a little bit of a glimpse, you know, into what we're dealing with. Um, 
you know, Chu, he has turned out to be very, very, very reactive, not necessarily an aggressive way, but in a way over hyperactive, playful way to other people, other dogs, squirrels, even the leaf, leaf blowing leaf across blowing, the sidewalk, lizard coming in and out. Um, it, just about anything kind of sends Chu into a frenzy when we're out on leash. And, um, We've got video of him just tying me up like a flagpole, you know, running around me with the leash. Um, he's pulled you down before into I, the ground yeah, while yeah. while walking. I and, found myself on the ground. And it, it's it's become, you know, like a really, really crazy problem. And, and it even seems like there's no beginning spot, so to say, to begin training in this situation because as soon as you start moving, he darts forward. There, There is no walking. It's standing still or in a full sprint for Chu. And so I wanted to share with everybody, you know, how this same approach that we took to his mouthy behavior and his jumping, which was taking extremely small steps to teach him how to ask for and receive our affection, to this other problem where we had the separation anxiety where literally the minute we would walk out the door, he would start destroying the house and, you know, antagonizing peepers and how we took the small steps approach there. And then the same thing to this new problem that we're going to be explaining to you all in greater detail in our next episode. And so I think it's going to be a really fun and, you know, eye-opening episode to talk about how we went about, you know, addressing this problem and helping to teach you how to walk on leash. This marks the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed our life update with Chu. We would like to let you know that the training we did with Chu on mouthy behaviors and separation anxiety are on our Patreon. We will put a link to our Patreon page on our show note but it is patreon.com forward slash C-A-A-W-T. And there are many other exclusive benefits waiting for you, so please check it out. Another big announcement that we have not announced to the public is that we will have a GoFundMe page on converting critical interviews that Bob Bailey and Marion Bailey did with our great giants in the field of behavior analysis and animal training back in 1990s. We have Israel Goldiamond, Don Baer, Karen Pryor, Ken Ramirez, Ogden Linsley, and hundreds more. We will let you know when we launch GoFundMe page. And the last thing we want to share with you is that today is Israel Goldiamond's birthday. He was born on November 1st, 1919. He is no longer with us, but we are so happy to continue carrying his works on construction approach to the public and improve lives with our animal companions. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast or share with your friend. And feel free to get more information or reach out to us on Facebook, Construction Approach to Animal Welfare and Training, or email us at caawtcontact at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to those places if you're interested in joining one of our group classes or private lessons that we are now offering remotely. Thank you so much today. We are your host. I am Masa. And I am Sean. Have a wonderful day with your amazing animal companions.